Welcome to Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series on the hospitality tabletop industry. Hosted by Dave Turner, Seat Yourself is 20 to 30 minutes of what's happening in the world of hospitality tabletop. Dave is the globally known chief evangelist and editor for tabletopjournal.com. A non-traditional journalist, Dave has spent nearly 30 years as a sales and marketing executive in the world of hospitality. This podcast was originally published on the week of November 25th, 2019, and runs for approximately 25 minutes. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Seat Yourself. Of course, Seat Yourself is our approximately 20 to 25 minutes or so podcast on all things in the world of hospitality tabletop. I'm Dave Turner. I'm your host here at Seat Yourself. And this week... In our new segment, we've got a great story on the hospitality industry companies that are recognized as top performers and leaders from none other than the Wall Street Journal. And we've also got a quick update on the Ambiante Show. That's the one held every February in Frankfurt, Germany that you're not going to want to miss this year. And we've got a brief update for you later today. And also later this week, we'll have a special edition of See Yourself. It's an interview with Ambiante's Director of Dining Products, Thomas Castle. And in our products and company segment, if you're a creative chef who may be looking for something just a bit different in your dinnerware or tabletop, we've got a new name for you to begin to get to know. From someone who's been in your shoes, in fact, chef turned potter, Connor McGinn. We'll tell you a little bit more about this fascinating artisan and why his take on making creative tabletop products for the hospitality category is just a little bit different than many others. And in this week's 60 Seconds with Shannon segment, Shannon and I will once again be talking about the truly critical issue of what makes a great vendor. Listeners have told us that these lessons apply no matter where you sell or who you sell to. So we're happy to bring this to you once again. And as always, Shannon gives you her thoughts and opinions, straightforward and unvarnished. And in our commentary this week, we'll give you six easy tips for building a better customer experience. That should be something that should be on everyone's mind these days. Improving your company's customer experience is a great goal for every company in the coming new year. So we'll give you a few tips that are both inexpensive and easy to implement. Here in the U.S., it's Thanksgiving week, so we'll wish all our U.S. listeners a very happy Thanksgiving. And don't forget, later this week, that special edition interview with Ambiante's Thomas Castle. And now, with that, let's get this Thanksgiving edition of Seat Yourself Started. Here at Seat Yourself, as you regular listeners know by now, we always start with our stat of the week. And this week's stat of the week is 400. That's the number of food halls expected to be operating in the United States by 2020, all according to commercial real estate experts Cushman and Wakefield. That 400 number, that's up from just 70 in 2015. And with the traditional retail malls dying, food halls are springing up to take advantage of the low-cost real estate that's available and that's often in great locations. The desire, And they also take advantage of the desire by many of us to explore different types of food and beverage from literally all around the world. In a segment on CBS TV's Sunday morning television program this past weekend, the network showcased food halls from across America and illustrated just how diverse the offerings in food halls can be. All of this allows those of us dining in food halls to explore and enjoy cuisines from all around the world without leaving our communities. The rising popularity of food halls represents just another competitor to the traditional sit-down restaurant, and prevalent throughout these food halls, single-service or disposable dinnerware. The food hall phenomena continues to grow right here in our hometown of Baltimore is the recently revitalized Cross Street Market, and there are several others here as well. 
So not only do we not look for food halls to go away anytime soon, according to Cushman and Wakefield, the number of food halls in America will grow to 400 by the end of next year. And that's our stat of the week, 400. And in news this past week, yesterday, the Wall Street Journal published what it called its 2019 Management Top 250. That's its ranking and analysis of well-run companies for customers, employees, and investors. And it's essentially a scorecard of the top publicly traded companies that are measured across a variety of criteria and ranked accordingly. The Management Top 250 ranking, developed in conjunction with the Drucker Institute, measures corporate effectiveness by examining performance in five key areas. Customer satisfaction, employee engagement and development, innovation, social responsibility, and financial strength. We're pleased to have companies like Starbucks, Marriott International, Hilton Worldwide, Disney, Yum! Brands, and Darden Restaurants lead the way for hospitality-related companies. In total, 12 of the top 250 companies escorted in this study were from the hospitality sector or related industries. Congratulations to all the hospitality companies recognized in this study, but when, certainly when, whenever we see rankings of leader companies, we always like to see more recognition given to the hospitality industry. After all, it plays such a large part in the U.S. and around the globe, frankly, in total economy and economic impact. In restaurants alone in America, it's an $863 billion industry this year, with over 1 million restaurant locations here in the United States alone, and employing over 15 million people. And going forward, they expect 1.6 million new restaurant jobs created by 2029, resulting in 10% of the overall U.S. workforce coming from the restaurant industry. Hospitality and leisure continue to grow around the world, as, as does dining away from home. So hopefully, as we head into the future, hospitality will continue to be recognized not only as a leader in economic generation, but also as an area that develops top leadership talent. In addition to the companies I already mentioned, hospitality and hospitality-related companies included in the study also were the Las Vegas Sands Company, McDonald's, Royal Caribbean Cruises, Cisco, Hyatt Hotels, and Carnival Corporation. Congratulations to all. If you want to learn more, you can check out the current edition of the Wall Street Journal. And also in this week's news, there's a lot of news out of Frankfurt, Germany about Ambiente's new Horeca Hall scheduled to debut this coming February. You'll recall this is where the world's largest consumer show, Ambiente, is part of its dining sector, is coordinating all of its front-of-the-house hospitality and Horeca suppliers into a single location in Hall 6.0. All this means that anyone looking for tabletop and other front-of-the-house products for hotels, restaurants, or catering can now go to a single location and find it all. And all this excitement, well, it's brought out new first-time exhibitors to Ambiente with hospitality suppliers like Figio, Macasa, Montgolfier, and many other international brands, both big and small, all exhibiting at Ambiente for the very first time. In fact, currently at Ambiente, next February in Frankfurt, there will be over 2,100 exhibitors just in the dining segment alone. Later this week, we'll be bringing you an exclusive interview update with Thomas Castle from Ambiente. Of course, Thomas is the director of dining segment at the show and has been a major force behind all the attention being paid to the Horeca sector. And Thomas will be bringing us some very exciting news about the new Horeca Academy. Ambiente's Horeca Academy will feature speakers and presentations from global experts in the area of front-of-the-house design, culinary trends, and much, much more. 
Lots going on at Ambiente in the area of hospitality and Hareka, so mark your calendars to be in Frankfurt this coming February 7th through the 11th. For those of us who love tabletop in front of the house, this will be the start of something very special. And finally, in this week's news, when it comes to having a passion for great hospitality and great tabletop, it would be hard to beat Joe Stafford from State Restaurant Equipment in Las Vegas. We were fortunate enough to be able to spend just a few minutes this past week with the man himself. In the hospitality industry, while it has some incredible people in it, it would be hard to find a better ambassador than Joe. You can go to the People page in Tabletop Journal to hear the conversation we have with one of our industry's most inspiring and enthusiastic tabletop people, Joe Stafford. Just go to tabletopjournal.com and look for the People page tab. And when it comes to product or company news this week, as you may or may not know, one of our founding missions at Tabletop Journal is to give voice to relatively new and upstart tabletop companies, especially companies that have a particular point of view and are hopefully driven by truly nice people. Essentially, it's cool products from cool people. And these people must also share a passion for hospitality tabletop wherever in the world that they may be. Well, just outside of New York City, in Terrytown, New York exactly, is where you'll find Connor McGinn and his studio with their mission of making great dinnerware that is to be used by great creative chefs. Connor himself came up through the culinary ranks, working his way up to suddenly find himself in the kitchen of chefs and sommeliers who've descended from hospitality royalty like Danny Meyer. This explains the passion McGinn has for restaurants and the culinary side of the business. But why then did he go off the tracks into ceramics? Well, it seems as though while studying business at a small California college, he used the ceramic classes they offered as an alternative to the dry as dust topics of econ, stats, accounting, and the like. And according to McGinn, he took a ceramics course just about every semester, quote-unquote, just for fun, never having any intention of doing anything with it. But, as most potters will tell you, once the clay gets in your veins, it's too late. By then, you're hooked. And McGinn was to be no exception. So McGinn worked his way up through the ranks as a chef, and while working in the kitchen at Restaurant North in Armonk, New York, which, by the way, is a four-time James Beard-nominated restaurant focusing on serving locally sourced sustainable produce and recognized as one of the best restaurants in the northeastern part of the United States. Anyway, but while working at Restaurant North, the owners knew of his background and knowledge of ceramics, and therefore he was given the opportunity to make plates for the restaurant. And the rest, as they say, is history. So, the former chef, now turned potter, made his plates, and he continues to make his plates, bowls, and much, much more. All for the likes of Michelin-starred chefs like Dan Barber, or Matt Lambert, formerly of the Musket Room. And recently, McGinn has teamed up with famed chef Charlie Palmer in his new Rhinebeck, New York project, Mirabau Inn and Spa. We recently caught up with McGinn and asked him the age-old question, why would chefs want to consider your dinnerware for their restaurants? And on a busy Sunday afternoon when McGinn was catching up on some last-minute details for one of his customers, he responded this way. The reason why a lot of chefs choose to stuff from us rather than other options is, number one, having a background in the restaurant business helps me understand all the details that go into the functionality of the plate. But it's also about creating something that's going to set them apart. That's especially important in these higher-end restaurants where you're constantly trying to figure out something that's going to differentiate you from the other chefs and other restaurants. 
I think that our being able to provide something that's really unique and different provides a lot of value. And reason number two is our ability to customize. The way I'll work with a lot of restaurants is we'll have an introduction and we'll talk about some ideas and then I'll go to their restaurant, sit down, eat, and then speak with a chef and get a real feel for the way they want to run their service, the types of courses they'll be putting out, even the way they're able to deal with the plates physically in terms of back of the house. So we believe that we're really able to understand the customize the pieces for that restaurant. We'll understand their needs. I think that provides an extra bit of value. Well, when we hear McGinn say all that, we couldn't agree more. But the other unique thing about Connor McGinn Studios is their current Kickstarter program. The Kickstarter program that McGinn talked about is what he calls Makers Central. We asked McGinn to tell us about the Makers Central Kickstarter program, and here's what he had to say. As our dinnerware business has grown, we moved to a 7,000 square foot space in Tarrytown. I realized that there were a lot of other types of makers out there, with most of them coming from restaurants as well, and making handmade high quality goods for restaurateurs and chefs. And they really didn't have the business background to turn their ability to make handmade, for instance, Damascus steel knives or wooden cutting boards and bowls. They didn't really have the skills to make that into an actual business. Our studio is built like a small business incubator geared specifically towards individuals making things for the hospitality industry. So when a chef, somebody like Chef Dale Talday or Dan Barber comes into the studio to pick out plates, I can immediately introduce them to a guy who can make custom silverware or knives or cutting boards. The Makers Central Kickstarter program has really been a great way to promote all of those other makers. And that's Connor McGinn, business and culinary intelligence, married up with a passion for ceramics and improving the guest dining experience, one incredible restaurant at a time. We'll be doing a deeper dive on the very interesting Connor McGinn in the very near future, but for now, We'll give you his studio's web address, and when you go there, be sure to click on and learn more about the specifics of the Kickstarter program. It's fascinating, and it's an interesting approach to giving cool new products, each made with the same passion as Connor makes his dinnerware, giving these products a chance to get their voices heard in today's very noisy digital world. The website for Connor's studio is connormcginnstudios.com, and I'll spell it. It's C-O-N-N-O-R. M-C-G-I-N-N studios.com. We'll have a story with a link up on Tabletop Journal later this week. But don't wait. This Kickstarter program, it's going to end very soon. So we want you to take full advantage of it. Again, it's ConnorMcGinnStudios.com. Check it out. You'll be very glad you did. And in other news this past week, we recently reported that Stozel USA has lots going on with it these days, and that they do. And now we want to say congratulations to them on their new, just-launched website, specifically targeted to the USA business. The new site for this German supplier of top-quality, high-performance crystal is a portal to both the company's consumer and their hospitality business here in the USA. Both the consumer and the hospitality pages of the new Stozel USA website provide direct links to the catalogs for each division, with Rack Porcelain being Stolzl's distribution partner for the hospitality sector here in, the, in America. And in addition, there's a direct link to the parent company, Stolzl Lissitz, the website in Germany. And finally, there's a section showcasing some of the company's latest news and events here in the U.S. and North American marketplace. The new website address is stolzl-usa-glassware.com. Congratulations to the team at Stolzl USA. 
Now 60 Seconds with Shannon, where Dave sits down with Shannon Talon of Edward Donald Company and asks the question of the week. This week, Shannon tells us what makes a great vendor. Okay, we're back here with Shannon Talon from Edward Donald Company. She's the category manager for tabletop and buffetware. And the question for Shannon today is, Shannon, what makes a great vendor to the Edward Donald Company? So I always say that it comes down to, at a high level, three things. It comes down to the three Ps. Uh, product, price, and, and people. The product, it has to be, I think a supplier has to have a good quality product for the price, that second P. It not only has to be a good product and durable for the application, it's got to be available. Uh, product availability on the supply chain side is critically important. If a customer falls in love with a product and can't get it, nothing is more disappointing and not only poorly reflects on the supplier, but also can poorly reflect on the distributor. Um, so that's that's ultimately very critical. I mentioned the second P being price. The price has to, to match the quality and the durability of, of the product. Um, so that's a little bit of a no-brainer. And the third, I think, is the X factor, the people. Uh, Edward Don's a national distributor. So when we work with a supplier partner, they've got to be able to support us nationally. Uh, they've got to have enough representation to, if we've got a rep in the Pacific Northwest all the way down to the tip of Florida and everywhere in between, uh, we need to be able to have that that support and that coverage. Along with that element of it, uh, the people have to have to be quality themselves. They have to be responsive. It might not always be the response you want, but I'd rather have somebody tell me, hey, here's the bad news, but here's what we're going to do to fix it. Um, so all the elements that come around, come along with being a good, a good rep, a good sales rep, a good sales manager uh, is what we really look for uh, in our partners. Wow. People really make the difference, don't they? They absolutely do in every aspect of life, not just tabletop. <laughs> now here's Dave with this week's commentary. This week, Dave talks about building a better customer experience. In this week's commentary, I want to talk about building a better customer experience. Sometimes companies, whether they be hospitality operators, supply chain dealers and distributors, or even tabletop manufacturers, we all get caught up in that all-important task of growing our top-line sales, which is really fine and well, because without sales, not much else matters, right? Well, that's true, but today's customer is looking for a frictionless experience, whether it's the guest that's coming into your restaurant or the restaurant that's buying its front of the house and equipment and supplies from you. Customers today want what they want, and they want it without the hassle. So how can you build a culture that helps build that better customer experience? Today, I've got six tips to help you do just that. And the good news is, they all are essentially free, but they do require you making sure that you have a proper perspective, shall we say. Tip number one, happy employees. In order to make sure your customers have a better experience when dealing with you and your company, make sure that your employees, who by the way, are your frontline ambassadors, make sure that they understand how important their role is and that they are valued for their contributions towards the company's overall goals. Happy employees help to make for happy customers. Tip number two, top-down commitment. The commitment to building a better experience for your customers needs to be driven from the corner office and done so so that the entire organization understands that the commitment is real and not just words on a plaque somewhere. Otherwise, this so-called commitment will ring hollow and only be practiced when the boss is watching. True commitment to building a better customer experience means every employee will know to do the right thing, especially when nobody's watching. Tip number three, break down barriers. 
Every organization has groups. In a restaurant, it can be front of the house versus a kitchen staff. In a dealer distributor or even a manufacturer, it can be sales versus the warehouse staff or sales versus finance. In any organization, there will always be groups of people. And whatever what successful companies do when they want to build a customer experience is that they make sure the entire organization, regardless of what area people work, they clearly and definitively know that they're all there to serve the customer. Tip number four, core values. Serving the customer has to be at the top of the list when it comes to an organization's core values. Oh, by the way, your company and organization, they do have an express list of core values, right? Well, ask yourself, when was the last time anyone really looked at those stated core values? And if we ask your employees, would they know what they really are? Hopefully the answer is yes. Well, at the top of the list of any successful company has to be serving the customer. In writing and especially in practice, that to me has to be a major priority that is understood across all employees from frontline ambassadors to key back-of-the-house function team members. Make sure your organization's core values are known and practiced daily. Tip number five, look outside your world. Providing great customer experiences is one of those things that crosses across all industry boundaries. So look outside our industry for best practice ideas that you might consider to adopt for your operation. For instance, Zappos, the online retailer, they've made quite a reputation as a leader in setting the bar high in terms of the customer experience. But there are other organizations everywhere in industries of all types who have great ideas on how they're improving their customer experience. I'd encourage you to raise your level of awareness of the customer experience that you receive as you go through your everyday life. Make note of the good experiences that you have and then see how you might bring some of those ideas into your organization or company. And tip number six, Listen to your customers. It sounds so simple. Listen to your customers. But when you think about it, we are often all so focused on selling when it comes to our customer interaction that we may sometimes forget to actually listen to what the customer is trying to tell us. I found that often the best way is to simply ask the customer, how can we serve you better? The answers may surprise you. And even if your customer has no real suggestions or simply can't think of one at the moment, they'll appreciate that you ask the question. That means you care. And if the customer might be reluctant to bring up an area they'd like to see improve, you've just given them that opening. Building a better experience for your customers is not easy, but it is important and it doesn't have to cost a lot. And often it starts with small, very simple steps. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Seat Yourself. And as always, I want to thank the Rockstar Category Manager, Shannon Talent, for joining us today. And of course, I want to thank you, our listeners, for joining in as well. And finally, I want to make a special thanks to the Edward Don and Company for sponsoring in part this episode of Seat Yourself. Edward Don and Company, everything but the food for nearly 100 years. And remember to be sure to check out their most recent tabletop advisor. You can download it from their website, www dot don dot com just go to the homepage and scroll down to the publication section we'll see you next time but always remember tabletop matters that concludes this week's episode of tabletop journals seat yourself podcast series for more news information and insights on the hospitality tabletop industry be sure to check out tabletopjournal.com <laughs>